Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. This is culinary nutritionist Trudy Stone, and I'm so grateful that you tuned in today for our final episode of the year. Well, it's been quite a year, and I want to first start by saying thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind Your Body Show each week. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. And I hope that you continue to tune in each week. Now, over the past year since starting this podcast, I've had the privilege of talking with some interesting and insightful voices in the health and wellness space, as well as those who were top experts in their respective fields. At the time of this recording, the holiday season is in full swing. So I thought I would do something a little bit different for this episode and share some of my best clips from previous episodes related to how to make lasting changes to your health. I know that many of you will be making New Year's resolutions shortly, and you also have a desire to make some changes to your health. So consider this the greatest hits in terms of how to do that and some things that you can start to do to help you to achieve the results in your life and your health that you're looking for. If you're looking for more information on how to build healthy habits that stick, I want to encourage you to check out my book, Unbreakable, where I share the seven habits that I used to lose 30 pounds almost seven years ago now. When you order the book, here is the really cool part. When you order the book, you're also going to receive a free meal plan as one of the book bonuses. So make sure to head over to Amazon and grab your copy so you can get a jump start on those healthy habits in the new year and beyond. I've placed a link in the show notes so that you can grab it. Okay, so in these clips, you're going to hear from Kim Niles, a fitness expert and coach who has worked in the fitness industry for well over 15 years. You're also going to hear from best-selling author and now the host of the TV show, The Doctors, Dr. Ian Smith who talked about the benefits of intermittent fasting. If you've been feeling drained and stressed out, especially because of work, and this is something I'm hearing a lot from my clients, you're also gonna hear from Danny Stone, aka Coach Stone, aka my hubby, who was also a personal development coach, speaker, author, and podcast host. You're also gonna get a refresher with some meal planning tips with L.A. Wade, host of Cocktails with L.A., You'll also hear from yours truly with some tips from some of my most downloaded solo episodes. Wait until you hear who I'm bringing on the show in 2021. You won't want to miss it. Now let's get a jump start on those healthy habits. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest expert, and author. After self-hacking my mind and body to lose 30 pounds, I now help busy, overwhelmed women use stress as their superpower so that they can rise above it and become more calm, resilient, and physically fit. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and stress management habits, you'll also learn about the power of food to enhance your mental and physical well-being and how to overcome your battles with living a healthier lifestyle. The secret to eating healthier, improving your mood, and increasing your energy are not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your health journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Confused about which foods to stock in your kitchen? My free Bare Essentials ebook is the ultimate grocery list for healthy eating success. In the ebook, you'll learn how to stock your kitchen, which removes the confusion about what's actually healthy. The ebook also contains healthy, delicious recipes so that you can put those ingredients into action and give your body the nutrient that it needs. You can grab it now at trudyestone.com forward slash pantry. 
There's also a link in the show notes for you to grab it. But I will tell you something, which you're the real expert on this, is that losing weight, 80% of it has to do with what you put in your mouth, right? You, you see people all the time, oh, I'd be working out. They're working out every day and visually and nothing changing. All this great stuff. But honestly, if you don't change how you eat and your lifestyle, your environment, your friends who you hang out with that keep you the way that you are, nothing's going to change. And I yeah. think you hit something on the head right there when you said, you know, no one's seeing me. Yeah. But you see you every day. Right. You matter and what you think matters. And that's the piece where I really try to work with young women specifically to get them to understand that. And you know what? We went through some really unprecedented times. Like this court, this whole COVID-19 pandemic situation. If you took a break, that's okay. That's okay. Because sometimes we need that break. You can't work out every single day, right? Sometimes your body does need that break. If you, if there, there is adverse effects for people that are addicted to working out as well. Mm -hmm. I remember specifically, I, I was working at one of these gyms and there was a lady that had three memberships and she spent all day going from each one gym to the next gym. What? Yeah. She, she had a, obviously a little bit of an eating disorder as well, but people do become obsessed with it. Right. Just like orthorexia as well. Like people who are obsessed with eating healthy, right? Yes. And then, so what happened was, is that we had to cut her off because we noticed that it was actually detrimental to her health. So taking a break is not a bad thing. If you were working out and this whole thing started and you said, you know what, I just need some time off just to sit with myself and sit with my thoughts. That's okay. Right. And, and I think it's just, you know, it, it's okay to do that in a moment of time. Everything I always tell people, it's like 80, 20, 80% of the time, try to do the right thing with, in terms of everything to do with your health. And then 20%, if you slack off, that's okay. Yes. It's when it becomes a habit now. Right. right? Months, right, right. months and months has passed, right. And you're just not doing anything. And I always tell people taking care of your body is taking, is taking care of your mind. You're taking care of your mind and then taking care of your body. It's a form of love to yourself. And then you're also now giving that back to the people around you. Right. People lack education as to what to do. Mm -hmm. Now, I always say, obviously it costs money, but what doesn't cost money? It's right. an investment, right? It's a right. Risk investment to learn, you know, about your body to get your body assessed. Everybody, everybody's body is experiencing different things. How you live daily, your body can be, you can have tight hips. You can have roll kyphosis in your shoulders, which is rolling of the shoulders. You can have tight ankles. You could have, your hips could be shaped differently because of um, a hereditary reason. Like there's all sorts of reasons why your body's going to move different than the person's body that you're seeing on Instagram, for example, that is doing an exercise and you're like, oh, that looks cool. I want to do that, but maybe that's not for you. So right. I would say the, what, the first barriers is you, know, you need to get the education and, and education doesn't have to cost you tons and tons of money, but at least seek a professional to have a full assessment. So that way, you know that you're on the right track. And if there's any problems that's happening with the body at that moment, what you do is you get someone to tell you what it is so you can start to rehab that. Because if you don't believe that your value is higher, then you're always going to be setting yourself low and you're always going to be playing below, you know, below the line. You're always right. going to be below the line and you will allow people to treat you how you treat yourself. Right, right. 
And that's where the respect piece comes in. You first got to respect yourself. And, and income level and all of that don't even matter. Because sometimes people are like, you know, well, I, I've got this and, I, you know, uh, systemic racism, let's just say, and I've got all these barriers. Yes, we do. We all have those barriers. But when you wake up in the morning, you got 24 hours. 24 hours. And if I've got 24 hours, you can't take time out for you to make a decision that's going to positively impact your life. That is a choice that you have made. And that's the place where people really struggle with. And I'll tell you the other part too, where I've sat with sitting in front of black women, they'll say to me, Kim, you know, I got to get my nails done. I can't afford education because I got to get my nails done. I got to get my hair done. Uh... I got to buy my Spanx. I got to get the dress for the weekend. So, and I, 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 I was the one that really was the one I would go out on the ledge with people and say, so let me get this right. So you got to get nails done so people can see, see that you, your nails look pretty. Mm-hmm. You got to get your hair done so people can see, ooh, she got it together. Mm-hmm. Right? right? You got to get Spanx because you got to suck it in. <laughs> oh, my God. Suck it in. And I got to get the nice dress because then I want people to see that I can afford nice things. Mm-hmm. Everything is being done because of what the external eyes can see. But I will say this, and I would say this to people, you're only masking for the untrained eye. One of the major stressors in people's lives is not doing work that they're passionate about, not doing work that they enjoy, and not feeling valued and appreciated in the work. It takes a a physical and mental toll on people. And so what happens is you may, you know, land a job and you anticipate moving up in the company and maybe that doesn't work out or maybe you realize this isn't the the, the work or the job for me. I want to do something more meaningful. But one year passes, three years, five years, seven years, nine years, and now you feel like you're stuck. You feel like you're stuck in this job and you can't get out. And so it starts to eat away at people mentally, physically, spiritually. You know, I used to work in the corporate world and I saw so much sick leave and stress leave because of a job. People were so stressed out over a job that they didn't even want to be at. And so I I saw it. I went to visit people in a hospital because of the stress and anxiety that they had over a job. Right. So and in seeing that, I, I thought like. What is it that holds people back from really like pursuing something that they're passionate about? And a lot of it is they don't think that, you know, they can turn their passion into a job and actually make money. You know, one of the things when I ask people, you know, do you love what you do? Often people say, well, it pays the bills. And I say, well, (laughs) you can actually do something that you actually enjoy that pays the bills as well. You understand that. And so I think one of the things that people have to understand is that it's not only a select few people that can actually do something they're passionate about and earn a living. It's not just, you know, that person over there. We all have the ability to do that. But it starts with finding something that you're actually passionate about and then figuring out a way to monetize that. And there's so many ways that you can do that. But I think what happens with us is that we have forgotten how to dream. We've forgotten how to think big. So when you're, you're, you wake up every day, you're going through the motions of going to your job and 
or going to school or whatever it is, and you forget to think beyond where you are. You forget to dream bigger, to have bigger goals. And so the door is closed on you actually thinking that you can do something that you're passionate about or even work for an organization that, that treats you better, right? And so that's a shift that we have to make. We have to go from, I often help my coaching clients go from thinking something is impossible to possible to doing it. And those are the phases that we all have to go through if we want to kind of step into to doing something that we're actually passionate about. But it does take a major toll on people. I've seen so much sick leave and stress leave from people working in stressful work environments or environments that they didn't even want to be in. Okay, so here's the thing I would say about that, LA. When it comes to meal planning, I like to make sure that I have like a few key staples in my kitchen at all times because that way it just makes it easier for me to throw together meals really quickly. So quinoa will be definitely one of those staples that I would have. Um, I would also have something maybe like brown rice or wild rice. So this is how I meal prep. I'll just kind of start from the beginning so I'm not like kind of like all over the place. So when it comes to meal prepping, what I do is I'll just set aside a time, like maybe like a Saturday afternoon. Now it's a little bit different with like COVID and everything. I'm just kind of going to the grocery store at different times. But, you know, what I would typically do is sit down Saturday afternoon and think about, okay, what do I want to eat next week? Okay, so that's thing number one, just setting aside maybe half an hour. Okay, just to actually plan out what it is that you want to eat. Step number one. Step number two, I would also look in your fridge to see what other items you have that you can actually just pull together meals. And sometimes it's even as simple as, let's say if you have red pepper, broccoli, black beans. Even if you just Google red pepper, black beans, broccoli recipe, you'll see all sorts of other things come up. Really? Yeah. So first and foremost, work with what you have in your kitchen and then build your meal plan off of that because that way you're spending less money at the grocery store and there's less, you know, there's less food waste overall. Okay. So I would do that. So first of all, you have to plan. That's the planning piece. Then when you get home from the grocery store, what you could do is like we just talked about earlier, you can actually start chopping up some of your veggies. So if you know you're going to be you know, doing your meal prep, so let's say we do our grocery shopping and our actual meal plan on Saturday, and now we go to the grocery store on Sunday morning. If we just cut up some of the vegetables when we get home from the grocery store on Saturday, that means there's less things for us to do the next day when we're actually sitting down to do our meal prep. Right. Yeah. So that's what I would recommend doing. Yeah. Just chopping up a few things when you get home from the grocery store. And then that way, doing your meal prep on Sunday and actually putting it in your calendar. Because if you don't put it in your calendar, it does not happen. You have to put it in your calendars. Just think about you know, your day-to-day life when you go to different meetings or when you're at work. You don't expect people to just show up at the meeting at three o'clock. Somebody has to send an invite. It's gotta be in the calendar, right? So yes. you need to look at cooking, meal planning, and your health in the same way and actually schedule that time with yourself. So I would block out maybe an hour to an hour and a half. And it doesn't have to be Sunday. I'm just giving days of the week here. It can be whatever day works for you. But just scheduling out that hour to 90 minutes in your calendar of actual meal prep time. Okay? Yes. Yes. Okay. I hear you. Because time is really of the essence. And so if I have something that's pre-arranged and it cuts down on the amount of time it takes to make it, Mm -hmm. I am more likely going to do more cooking. 
And I would do exactly that. Like when you get home from the grocery store, if you have your, you know, your big tray of chicken or whatever, I would just season up all of the chicken. And if you're right. going to you know, maybe reserve some to make during the week, and then yeah. some of them you could just put in Ziploc bags and you can freeze it. And then okay, now you're perfect. just pulling it out of the freezer. It's already seasoned and ready to go. And if you get an instant pot, you can actually cook meat from frozen. So God, that's another task. If you're short on time, if you're really busy, having an instant pot is like having a sous chef in your kitchen. Man. Because I you see how you don't like those. To, because you see what we just talked about, quinoa, and you're like, do I have to watch it to make sure it doesn't overflow? When you have an instant pot, you literally throw all that ish in the instant pot and you walk away. The instant pot does the rest. That's you why I love the instant pot. So lack of consistency with meal prep and eating healthy is something that I hear again and again and again. So I always say that it comes down to two things. And the first thing is your why. You have to know your why. Like why is it that you want to eat healthier in the first place? So this yeah, thing so it all comes down to your why. Like, you know, do you want to lose weight? Do you have a history of illness in your family? You know, do you want to ease pressure on your joints? You know, were you recently given a, a pre-diabetes diagnosis, which is something I'm seeing a lot in women right now? You know, do you want to maybe, I don't even know what it is, control your sugar cravings, whatever it is, you have to get really clear on your why, first of all, okay? And that was, you know, one of the keys to me losing weight as well, is having that really clear and strong why. Confused about which foods to stock in your kitchen? My free Bare Essentials ebook is the ultimate grocery list for healthy eating success. In the ebook, you'll learn how to stock your kitchen, which removes the confusion about what's actually healthy. The ebook also contains healthy, delicious recipes so that you can put those ingredients into action and give your body the nutrient that it needs. You can grab it now at trudyestone.com forward slash pantry. There's also a link in the show notes for you to grab it. Eating plenty of fiber is both good for overall health and is also an excellent strategy for weight loss. Studies show that people who eat the most fiber tend to have a healthier body weight. One study found that people who ate no differently, except for increasing their fiber intake, lost as much weight as people who went on a rigid, low-fat diet. Now, the thing that makes fiber key for weight loss is that it's the best natural appetite suppressant. It's not as easily digestible, so it slows the release and absorption of glucose, making you feel full longer and satisfied throughout the day. Now, fiber comes in two forms, insoluble fiber, which is what you'll find in wheat and many fruits and veggies. And this type of fiber primarily helps to remove waste from your body. Soluble fiber, on the other hand, is the type that's found in oats and beans, and it collects water as it goes through your system and takes unwanted substances out of the body with it. Now, it really doesn't matter what type of fiber you eat, as long as you get more of it in your diet. Most people are deficient in fiber, getting less than half of the 25 to 30 grams they should be getting on a daily basis for overall health and weight control. Some of the best sources are berries, nuts, seeds, beans, lentils, chickpeas, broccoli, oats, and avocado. Now I'm hungry. I love all of these foods I just mentioned, but out of all of those, I really like avocado the best because they have both fiber as well as healthy fats, which are super filling and can help to curb cravings throughout the day. And when I recommend foods to my clients and my readers, I always like to recommend foods that have like multiple different health benefits and avocados are definitely one of them. 
Now, I also have a really great recipe on my website for double chocolate avocado cookies. So if you love sweets like me, you definitely want to check it out. And those healthy fats really do help to alleviate those sugar cravings. So I'll drop a link in the show notes, which you can find on my website so you can get that recipe. Number two, you're feeding your emotions. Emotional eating or binge eating is something that many people struggle with, and they don't realize how much it impedes their ability to lose weight. Emotional eating or binge eating allows us to remove discomfort and provides a fleeting sense of satisfaction and pleasure when you're feeling something that you just don't want to feel. So the first step is to learn to recognize the difference between emotional hunger and true hunger. Keeping a food journal is excellent for helping with this. By writing things down in your food journal or your health journal, as I like to call it, you'll be able to better make the link between real hunger or eating for reasons other than hunger. All right. So you're probably thinking, well, true. How do I spot the difference between emotional hunger and true hunger? Here's how. So emotional hunger starts suddenly, whereas real or physical hunger comes on more gradually. So emotional hunger, it feels like it needs to be catered to right in this moment versus physical hunger where you can kind of delay it. So think of all those times that you sat hungry at your desk and you were working away because you had to meet a deadline, but you pushed out your lunch because you needed to meet that deadline. So that's an example of real or physical hunger. With emotional eating, you're more likely to keep eating even if you're full. When you satisfy physical hunger, on the other hand, you're able to stop once you're full, usually. (laughs) So the next time you feel like snacking on a sweet treat or a salty snack, I want you to ask yourself, what am I really hungry for? You can use your health journal for this as well. Your body produces this neurotransmitter called dopamine. We've all heard of dopamine before. It's a chemical. Right. Uh, and what this dopamine does is a couple of things. One, let's say, for example, you like chocolate cake and you eat a slice of chocolate cake and it tastes really good and you enjoy it. Then your body floods your brain with dopamine. This dopamine travels from the midbrain to the frontal area of the brain. And it tells your body, number one, that I like this. And number two, increases the memory of what it was that caused the pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is your brain is now primed uh, to understand that that chocolate cake gave you great satisfaction, great pleasure. So it's the pleasure reward. Uh, And so what happens is when you see a chocolate cake um, in the future or you smell it or you think about it, then your body starts releasing this dopamine again. And then your body needs to respond to this prompt. The dopamine kind of is a trigger to go get the reward, go actually satisfy it, uh, this craving, and so you go get the chocolate cake. Um, mm-hmm. What's interesting is that studies have shown us that um, these cravings only last about 15 to 20 minutes, and then they go away. They're chemically mediated versus hunger, which is more permanent. Hunger, right. your body needs nutrition, it needs energy, it needs nutrients, and that's not going to go away until you satisfy it. Mm-hmm. So I, I liken to the book, I say, hunger is like your oil light. When you're low on oil, uh, your oil light comes on and says you need to put oil in your car. And no matter how many times you turn your car on or off, the oil light is going to come back on until you give it oil. Versus cravings is like your Bluetooth prompt. When you get into your car and the dashboard says, do you want to connect your Bluetooth? And if you don't do anything at all, eventually that prompt is going to go away, right? Without you doing anything. That's what a craving is versus what a hunger is. How we carry ourselves externally may have nothing to do with how we're, what's going on internally, right? Mm-hmm. People can carry mm-hmm. themselves with swagger, 
but really right. have low self-esteem. You know what I mean? Right. Um, how you dress the package does not, you know, dictate what's inside the package. And so mm-hmm. I really wanted people to get an understanding of what their esteem was like. Uh, because I think that in order, you know, weight loss is a journey. Uh, for many, it's a battle, understandably so. Uh, and I think that in order to have success, you have to have confidence in yourself. You have to have confidence in the process. And you have to have confidence that you will be able to achieve. If you right. lack this kind of confidence, then you're already kind of starting off, you know, in a negative situation because um, you don't have the belief that this is actually going to carry out. And sometimes when we think things are not going to happen, they, it comes to fruition. It doesn't happen. Uh, right. Often, and this is life in general, you have to really visualize and be confident that if you put the work in, if you execute the steps that you're going to achieve. And if you don't think that going out, I think that's a problem. So in that chapter, I really try to hone in for people to differentiate their confidence versus their self-esteem to determine what their self-esteem levels are like. And also I give some examples. I don't have my book with me, but uh, I also give some examples, for example, in that chapter of what people need to look at um, when they're looking to see whether or not they have uh, self-esteem issues. The reason why intermittent fasting works, one of the reasons is because it's simple energy demanding and and, and power situation. So if fat is a storage form of energy, when your body consumes too much food, thus too much energy, and it doesn't expend that energy, your your body's got to do something with that energy. And so your body takes that energy and stores it in the form of fat. When your body is without food energy, your body prefers to have energy from food. But if you don't have any food energy available, then your body will go into your fat stores and release that fat and release it in an energy form that can be used by your body. Mm -hmm. So it's all about fat burning. Intermittent fasting causes fat burning. And so the longer you fast, the less available you have food calories and food energy, the more you need. But the critical thing about intermittent fasting is you have to be consistent. You can't change up your feeding and fasting windows every other day, and you have to stick to it. If 12 to 8 is your eating window, you have to stick to that. When you start moving it around, going from an 8-hour fast, 10-hour fast, or 4 hour whatever it is, your body does not hit the groove, I say. Your body needs to be in a groove. Mm-hmm. Because remember, most people don't understand that burning fat is a very complicated process for the body, and it's very expensive. Meaning mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work to actually burn fat. It's just not like, oh, you stick a lighter to it, fat burns. Mm-hmm. It, chemically speaking, uh, from a biochemical standpoint, it's a lot of work. So anyway, uh, you got to stick to your windows. And if okay. you want to change your windows, my suggestion is change every week. Okay. Uh, last thing I want to say about IF is this, that I believe that you're allowed to have some calories during your fasting window. I, I allow 50 calories in my book, Clean and Lean. I allow 50 calories in the form of liquids, only 50 max for the day uh, during your fasting window. I don't think that will break the fast. People who are more hardcore don't do any calories during that fasting window, but I don't think you're doing too much much damage by uh, consuming 50 calories. Beliefs are the mental architecture of how you move through the world. They form your guiding principles and your judgments about how the world works, how you work, your place in the world, and how you interact within the world. 
the beliefs, judgments, and thoughts you believe to be true can either propel you forward or hold you back. So let's break down the three main ways your beliefs do this. Number one, your beliefs dictate your behavior and your behavior dictates your health. Now, your underlying and most unconscious beliefs dictate your daily thoughts and actions. So let's say you were raised by someone who overate when they were stressed out. And then the connection was made for you then that overeating is the way you should handle stress. So now you do the same. Or maybe you watch one of your parents go to a job they hated every single day. And when they came home stressed and exhausted, they sought solace in alcohol. And now you've fallen into that pattern. If you're like most people, you're not consciously aware of your repetitive thoughts and beliefs. Maybe you say things like, you know, I got my fat gene from my mom or my dad had heart disease, so it's inevitable that I'll have it too. Whatever it is, I'm sure that you have some type of ingrained beliefs about your health and your inability to lose weight. I'm sure that you think about them, and you probably even share them with your friends, your family, and even your coworkers. Just know that these thoughts are shifting your life and your health, because these beliefs are affecting your brain, your body, and your daily behaviors. Now, I mentioned this earlier, but I really want to reiterate it because It's really that important. You think about 60,000 thoughts each day that influence the chemical messengers in your brain, how your body functions, and the life choices you make. Your thoughts are a part of your illness, your inability to lose weight, and your wellness. So I really want you to start owning that truth. Your beliefs affect the chemicals in your brain and how your body functions. As I mentioned earlier, there are 37 trillion cells in your body and your beliefs affect the functioning of those cells. Your thoughts trigger chemical messengers in your brain, which in turn trigger your cells to take action. So what does this mean for your weight loss? Well, your body hears everything your brain says, and it reacts accordingly. And if your brain is full of a lot of stressful and negative beliefs, your body is in a constant state of fight or flight, and is merely just trying to survive another attack. So let me know if this sounds familiar to you. Have you ever started a diet saying, you know, I'm only going to eat healthy food so that I can lose weight, only to find yourself giving into junk food like, let's say, a burger and fries or chocolate, even though you promised yourself you wouldn't eat them? Then you feel bad thinking that you're weak and that you're a failure when that's really not the case at all. However, that bad, guilty feeling makes you eat even more food. I'm sure that you can relate with this. Those thoughts are a vicious cycle that are sabotaging your weight loss efforts. Now, I don't want you to be scared because you should actually feel empowered because you have the power to control your thoughts. Your beliefs are changeable. This is the best part about your beliefs. You have the power to change them. And changing your beliefs will change your health and your waistline. How? Well, it's easy. You can just change your beliefs by choosing to do so. Yep, it's really that simple. What you believe is nothing more than an agreement that you've made with yourself about your reality. So to change it, all you have to do is change that agreement. To change your beliefs, change the conversation you've been having with yourself and your world. To improve your health and your weight loss efforts, it's absolutely vital that you take an honest look at your core beliefs and determine if they truly match your health and weight loss goals. If you believe you aren't ever going to lose weight, but you're on a diet or you're trying to lose weight, you're not in alignment with your health goals. So despite your best efforts, losing weight will likely be very difficult. 
Alternatively, if you're open to the idea that your body can transform and heal, then you'll allow your brain and your body to transform at the biochemical level. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Body Show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to trudyestone.com. That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.